Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw on the wisdom of the saints to help us navigate the tumult of this life. And today we have a, 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 a navigator extraordinaire. She's becoming a saint. I don't know if she's a saint yet, but her name is Suzanne Sammons, and Stephanie's going to introduce her, but she's going to help us navigate Lent better this year. So, so who's this lady again? This beautiful woman, Suzanne Sammons, is a mother of seven children, count them, and young adults, and the author of The Jesse Tree, an Advent devotion, Great which, book. which our listeners might remember from last year. Yeah. Um, around Advent time, we did. Was it last year? Yeah, I think we did yeah, last year. I think it was last year or the year before. Anyway, um, we great, recommend beautiful, it. beautiful, beautiful yeah. pu- uh, book. So she is the editor of several Catholic publications and has published numerous articles in Catholic outlets on topics including child rearing and education, the dignity of the unborn, holistic health, and Catholic spirituality. So welcome, Suzanne. It's so great to have you with us. Thank you very much. Very good to be here. It's great to have you back. A wonderful book. I, we were talking before on the break that when it came across my desk, um, I didn't have any time to write an endorsement, but I liked it so much I went ahead and did that, and, and I I wrecked two shows I was on back to back um, because I I got lost in trying to figure out okay this is exactly what I want to say but I you, you know your work the work both you and Eric do is really important and, and great uh, you know for the church you're you're becoming one of those authors that I tell people you know whatever they write you should read this work Stations of the Cross in Slow Motion is a great idea uh, in terms of uh, helping families with small children but i i don't i think this is not a a bad way for just anyone to dig a little deeper and let because usually fridays is when we go to stations and i always find myself feeling cheated now we we have stations of the cross here at the retreat center so not so much anymore but i always find myself going i didn't spend enough time in this devotion and it's one of my favorites uh i've, I've been praying it since before i was catholic so I love the Stations of the Cross, but uh, what what brought the idea of you know taking the fourteen stations, building devotions around it, and then stretching it across uh, the whole of Lent? And I want to correct one thing: oh, it's please. not just for families with young children. Did I did I say? I you, think I thought I said it was for everybody. No, you said it was for families of young children, and so it's for everybody. The design. In, yeah, initially. the yeah. design. Okay. I mean, this is not, this isn't shallow water. No, it's, it's not, beautifully it's written. not crayon, yeah. crayons and stuff. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for that, that description. And uh, you work well under pressure because your, your recommendation was fantastic. Okay. Oh, and, and I really felt that you understood the book well. Um, and to, to answer kind of how it came to be, the Jesse Tree book that you also mentioned, um, it, it was really well received. And, and you I'm sure you know, the Jesse Tree devotion has um, undergone sort of a resurgence, mm-hmm. uh, become more and more popular. People love doing the Jesse Tree during Advent. 
And uh, one of the things I've talked about with other moms for years, and then people started reaching out to me and saying is, I wish there was something like the Jesse tree for Lent. Mm -hmm. um, we love the Jesse tree because it's a daily thing. It really keeps us focused on Advent day after day in our home. And what can we do that's, that's similar for Lent? So I looked around and anyone can look around um, online at what's out there. And people have created things. Many times it's um, a scripture passage for every day of Lent. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about was Lent is a lot longer than Advent. And so what we love about the Jesse tree, I think, um, for people that don't know, it follows salvation history through the family tree of our Lord. And one thing that people love, I believe, is that you're walking day by day towards something. All of the, the um, devotions you do each day, they all hang together because they start with Adam and Eve. We end with the birth of our Lord. And so to create something that hangs together in that way for this longer period where 40, 46 days of Lent was a little more challenging. Um, so the idea of the Stations of the Cross being sort of the, the matrix for the book came from first the fact that it's the oldest, one of the oldest devotions in the church. It's probably, it's, I would say, the best loved devotion for Lent. Mm -hmm. There, there's nothing above the stations. And then um, third, what you mentioned that it's a fairly short devotion and it's it, there's a lot of good things about that. Um, we can pray it during a holy hour and we still have time to pray a rosary. We still have time to just sit with the Lord. Uh, when we pray it in procession with our parish, this is not a big commitment. So that's good. But sometimes we find ourselves uh, going through the stations and, you know, they only each station takes, what, a couple minutes. Yeah. And, and we can kind of start out and we're focused. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, we're on the sixth station. I missed the last two. Yeah. I was distracted. Or even that fourth station where our Lord meets our mother, his mother, uh, that really spoke to me. And so I'm still thinking about that. But actually, now we're on the seventh station. So we want to be able to go deeper on these events on the way of the cross. And so that's what I was hoping to provide. You know, one of the things I, I like about this, you, you you use three different sources, if I remember right, for the stations, uh, Liguri, who's my favorite, Francis of Assisi, and then um, uh, Jose Maria Escriva. The thing I love about Liguri and, and Assisi both is they, they bring the reality of the suffering of Jesus home to our own they connect it with our own our participation in his suffering and you know and I, I think that's what's missing what usually that's extracted in modern you know treatments of the stages of the cross whenever i see a new booklet from a new author i'm I, i'm always suspicious you open it up and of course you see what you see is missing is the whole reality that you know the re the reason he's going to the cross is is because of my sin and and so I love those reflections. I think they're super powerful. So I'm grateful you you kept that sentiment in the book. But then you also uh, tapped into the church fathers for some of the way, like Chrysostom, Origen, you know, some of the ways that uh, we can think about this particular station, that sort of thing. 
how how did you decide? I mean, you've had to have gone through mountains of material to pick out um, those quotes. What, how long did that take you to do that? It it did take some time, but uh, um, the what happened in the process of writing the book, and I think this happens to a lot of authors. Um, I was so excited that the idea was accepted. <clears throat> I was I was really grateful to Sophia and Stu Pre uh, Press for being willing to publish the book based on my idea. And then after about a week of that high, I was hit with this, oh my goodness, what a responsibility. And yeah. Who do I think I am to write about the passion? This right. is crazy. What was I thinking? Um, so I, I kind of slowed down and thought, uh, I don't, the, the thing is, I don't want to share myself or my, my random thoughts so much as what is the church's treasury? What, what is in the church's treasury about these events? And so, yes, just the basis being St. Alphonsus, St. Francis, St. Jose Maria. I love his stations as well um, because they're modern, but they're from a saint. It's just a different perspective. And then the other one was St. John Henry Newman. That's right. Mm -hmm. Also wrote stations, which, you know, the depth there is amazing. So having those four saints as the basis was was wonderful. But then um, trying to, to go deeper, I was using scripture to dig into sort of the theme that each station brings to mind. So uh when um simon helps our lord carry the cross we tend to think of and most of the saints write about what cross am i called to carry how do i help our lord carry his cross how do i suffer with him so in addition to the scripture passage where we see simon being recruited to carry the cross the other days where we're studying this station I use scripture passages from times our Lord spoke about carrying the cross, or what did Paul, St. Paul say about carrying the cross? And then I looked at what did the fathers say about those scripture passages to base a reflection on for that day. So I get it. That's how you narrowed it all down. That, mm -hmm. that makes sense. That's smart. Yeah. So that's really beautiful. So, you know, Stations of the Cross, as we were talking about, isn't a very long devotion. It's, you know, it's these 14 stations. How did you get it to be stretched over the 40 days? Uh, what does that look like practically when you gather your family around? And, and can you, can you kind of guide us through that? Sure. So what happens is, is, of course, Lent starts on Ash Wednesday. And we start with the first station. Jesus is condemned with death, to death. And so we are going to study that station on Ash Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Then on Sunday, we'll go to the second station. And this repeats throughout Lent. Um, so three or four days for most of the stations. That way we're really, we have an opportunity to, to explore it and, and dig into it more deeply. So you would begin, um, so I'm just turning to the third Sunday of Lent. And at this point, we're at the sixth station. I'm introducing the sixth station, Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. And we start with the traditional prayers. You can choose whether you say those in Latin or English, whatever works for your family. Um, so we start with, we adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. And then um, we have a description of the, saint, of the station from one of the saints I mentioned. So on this day, it's from St. John Newman. It's from his writing about the sixth station of the cross. 
Then we have a scripture reading that's not too long. It's doable with a family, um, doable for individuals that, you know, I need to do my other prayer commitments and I, I don't have an hour to spend on, on this one thing. But um, so uh, we're reading from Genesis. So this is actually, um, I just happened to open to this station, but this is one thing to consider is that not every one of these stations is found in the Bible. Um, some of them we know about from tradition. So this would be one of those. Veronica is not mentioned in the Bible. Um, but so we're, we're looking at tradition for this and we're looking at scripture passages that tell us more about Christ's face. What is this station? Um, what is this station telling us about the fact that Christ became a man with a face? So we read from Genesis about God's creation of man and woman in his image. Um, the next day we read from John where he's talking about the word becoming flesh. We read what St. Paul said about the gospel being veiled. This idea of a veil, Veronica took her veil and wiped the face of our Lord. So each day we're kind of trying to get a different facet of the station to meditate on. Great, beautiful. Um, thanks, Suzanne. We're going to take a break, yeah. and when we get back, we're going to continue to continue. We're going to continue to visit with Suzanne about the stations of the cross in slow motion. We'll be right back. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose. And to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father. So there's something there. So I, I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by, by St. Alphonsus Liguori, bridges that gap. And he explains, as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth, of virtue, of, hey, your legs are weak, you're like a newborn deer, you can't stand on your own, we need to get you to stand on your own. You know, those sorts of things. Even, even desolation. You know, the day-to-day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. Those things are all permitted for a greater good, whatever that might be. Check out the brand new updated version of Uniformity with God's Will titled Finding Peace in the Storm with Commentary by Dan Burke. Welcome back. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke with Divine Intimacy Radio. And we're back again with Suzanne Salmons. They have... Uh, she has hit it out of the park again. Is this only? Is this your second book that you've written? Yes, it is. Yeah. So the first book was on the Jesse tree, which we highlighted uh, last year. It's entitled "The Jesse Tree: An Advent Devotion." And then this year, uh, or was last year or the year before, anyway, it was recent. The Station to the Cross in Slow Motion. Just uh, curious, by the way, the 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 artwork for the stations. Yes. Did, did you pick that? That they're beautiful. I did. Yes, I did. I I love them also. Um, they are a Flemish, I believe, a Flemish artist. Yeah, it's a single and, artist, and the the colors are the color palettes like a Tuscan. Very, yeah. very rich. Um, very beautiful. They're very beautiful. Great. So you were on 
attracted. You were so you were I, yeah. Go, well, ahead. go ahead. No, that's right. Well, I was just thinking, you know, you walked us through what it would look like maybe for one day on a particular station. But there was more to to uh, what's in the book that can be covered in the one day. As well. Right, right. Yeah. That, but it's covered over four days. Yeah. So the particular station may take three to four days. Uh-huh. What what was striking me about it is that um, and, and I love that it's that you've targeted families so that they can do this and go deeper with the Stations of the Cross. But I thought, man, even individuals that want to take this into their mental prayer time mm-hmm. and use this as the the jumping off point, right? The meditation material. This is really, this is deep. This is very beautiful the way you've set this up. So uh, that was my insight, you know, as I as I was looking at it and looking at the artwork and, and how you've laid it out. Um, did you have a new new insight? as you were writing this, I mean, how did it, how did it affect you? Absolutely. Um, Well, I'll give you one, one example, which is probably my favorite discovery from writing this book. I'm so grateful for Um, one of the things I mentioned in the introduction is that St. Veronica is, I've had a great devotion to her since I was a child. Um, And so this was this was something in spite of the fact that I've always loved her and read whatever I could find about her. This was new to me. And it comes from St. John Henry Newman and his Stations of the Cross. He wrote. So this is regarding the fourth, fifth and sixth stations In the fourth station. Our Lord meets our lady. So he meets his mother on the way of the cross. And St. John Henry Newman said that it's no coincidence that directly following that station, we have Simon helping carry the cross and then Veronica wiping our Lord's face with her veil. He says that Our Lady certainly, as soon as she this meeting ended and Christ moved on, she was praying. She was praying for help for her son, like any mother, seeing her son in such need would pray to God to send some kind of comfort beyond what she could give. And then we have Simon and then we have Veronica. So we have God answering our lady's prayer with a man and a woman and the man providing love and compassion in the way a man tends to do the way a man is made to do. He works. Um, He uses his body to help our Lord. And then the woman, Veronica, she offers love and compassion in a very feminine way in a very maternal way. And it's a small thing, but it's done in great love. Mm-hmm. So this to me, the way we tend to see the stations is, you know, just their little episodes, they're separate. But he really saw these three as hanging together for a reason. So that was probably the the most beautiful insight. Yeah, that's really profound. Ex- just really extraordinary. Have you ever, um, just out of curiosity, have you ever heard the story of what happened to the actress in uh, who played Veronica in the Passion of the Christ? Do you do you know what happened behind the scenes there? No, I don't. But I really always have thought that Mel Gibson did a fantastic job with that scene. Oh, that scene. it was uh, so. Father John Bartunek is a good friend of ours, and he was the only authorized biographer, behind the scenes writer on the set of the of the uh, of the movie, and he said that that scene took. 14 takes, something like that. No, it was more than that. There's a lot of takes. Yeah. And what happened was 
because she had to keep coming to Jesus face. And obviously he was just absolutely, you know, uh, uh, just bloody and suffering and whatever, but it was somewhere in, I may, maybe the 14 is the, I know it's the number of stations, but I, for some reason it's sticking in my head, but one point she came in and just broke down and just started mm-hmm. weeping. And this is a woman who wasn't a woman of faith, you know, wow. who was, you know, but just, just entered into the reality of what was going on. Yeah. There was some humor to the scene in the sense that they initially, she was trying to move in and there's all the commotion around and the, and the guards and everything are going everywhere. And at first they're like dancing around her so they don't knock her over. And so then Mel chastised them and then they knocked her over, I think. And then, you know, and then finally they got it right to where, you know, there's a huge amount of commotion, but she somehow glides right through it. Yes. And then and then wipes his face. But yeah. And and she talked about how that tunnel vision of looking at the face of her Lord over and over and over and and looking at the face of Caviezel, you know, bloody, dirty, you know, all that was happening to him. And at one point she at the end, she went up to him. And when she looked on his face full on, she saw Christ and she was completely converted. So it was really this beautiful setup of the Lord of just bringing her to himself over and over again till finally it breaks through and brings her to conversion. So it is a beautiful story. There's one more element to the book. I, I, and I think if we haven't covered them all, just remind me, but you have questions for reflection too, at the end of each to have conversation with your family or your kids. Yes. That's one of the ways I felt that the book could become flexible for, for individuals and families, because the, the questions, well, after the meditation that I was talking about, there's a prayer to end the station. The prayer comes from the saints, um, the four saints I mentioned. And then after that, there are questions for further reflection. So every day there are two questions and these are something to uh, think about on your own. Parents of young children could reserve this part for something they do on their own. I think if you have older children, um, it would be, it's an opportunity to give them more to ponder or to discuss as a family. Um, it's something that could be discussed in a prayer group. So yes, that's, that's another piece of the book. Yeah. I think just a personal recommendation. I, I, I think this can be used for, it doesn't matter what age it is. If you have two adults alone, you could use this and would strongly recommend that you do a kind of Lexio Divina with it where Stephanie was kind of hinting at this earlier, I think, where you read it slowly. One person reads the other with eyes closed or whatever, and try to put yourself in the scene and try to, you know, engage because then when you go to do the stations with your parish, and as we noted at the beginning of the show, you know, you're running through these things way too quickly and you're enamored with something that happened a station or two ago. But when you slow down with the station to the cross, like we, when last year we were leading them here on the property and there's nothing striking about the artwork we have. It's actually quite simple. They're just little brass pieces from our first chapel that are now outside. You know, one of the participants just broke down and wept. Mm. And the reason he did is because we were taking time Mm, at each station. We weren't rushing. We weren't doing anything fancy. We weren't doing guided meditations or trying to, stir up any emotion the the devotion itself is so extraordinary that if you just let people enter in mm-hmm. but i think this book done outside of that context 
is going to be a really powerful aid to people getting a lot more out of the the group devotions or even private devotion in front of each of the stations. Yeah, and I would I would even encourage people, you know, I I'm a I was a Catholic school principal. I was a teacher for years. You know, that never leaves you, but I I think about how to create the, you know, to create the environment to allow this to really enter in. I mean, even Catholic school teachers could do this with their students. Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, that that would work, you know, if you've got a, a smaller class and but I but I think also as as you read the scripture passage allowing silence to enter in. We are so busy filling every single yeah. moment of every day with words or thoughts mm -hmm. or reflections and allowing a little silence in as you're going through these beautiful reflections that you've written is just, it's, it's going to allow it to have its impact to get in. And then you rise from that silence and you go to the next thought or the next scripture or the next activity. Um, so I would just really encourage that. Yeah, I like it so much, by the way. I'm going to buy a copy for all of our employees here at the Avila Institute because some of them have little tiny kids, but uh, and some of them are, old, are big kids like me. Right. And uh, we, I think we're all going to get something out of this together during Lent. Yeah, I think I appreciate you bringing up the Lexio Divina idea because I, I saw that with the Jesse tree. You know, you do it year after year. We've been doing it for many years. And there will be, because of what else perhaps is going on in our family or in my life, there will be one meditation that really sticks with me that year. And it's not the same one that perhaps did last year, but it's, there's something about it that I just carry with me. And I think the stations can be the same way. I know they can, um, because that's why I carried St. Veronica with me through my life. Um, but sometimes it might just be that Lent. You just really needed to think about that station. And and I hope that by slowing it down and really taking days to carry one station in your heart for that day, people will have that opportunity. So the book is The Stations of the Cross in Slow Motion by Suzanne Sammons. And uh, we've also referenced one for Advent. I'd recommend you head out to spiritualdirection.com, hit the shop button. And you can search for those, the both of those books. I'd buy them both. You're going to want the one for Advent if you haven't already uh, looked at it for next year, for uh, this year, for the end of the year anyway. And this will really help you deepen your devotion during, during Lent. So, Suzanne, thanks for putting this together and for helping us to be holier than we are by drawing us more deeply to the Lord and His passion. It's, it's really a gift to the church. Thank you. Thank you for all the work that you do as well. God be praised, and we're out of time. Okay, until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.